ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Now, here's an impossible question. Could some of those plants and their biochemistry be going backwards in time? And I have to confess, I find the answer to that question incomprehensible. But the man behind it has a Nobel Prize, Frank Wilczek. So, here goes. What about this question of reversal of time in biology? What does it entail? Well, I'm <laughs> I am thinking now, but it's not yet a mature <laughs> investigation, but I think it's promising. I'm thinking about the question of whether at a molecular level, biology violates the principle of time reversal symmetry. In basic physics, we know that the laws, not exactly, but to a very, very good approximation, have the strange property that if you run things backwards in time, you get the same laws. So if you watch a movie of fundamental interactions and then make a mistake and put in the film backwards and run it backwards, it would still obey the laws of physics. Now, we know that in biology, the near symmetry of fundamental law under uh, reflection in a mirror, so-called parity symmetry, is grossly violated at the molecular level. You can have left-handed and right-handed versions of molecules whose physical properties are very, very similar, but whose biological activity is often very, very different. They can be, one is poison, one is beneficial, one is inert, the other has big effects and so forth. So I got very intrigued with the question of whether there's a similar thing for time reversal, whether you can have molecules with circulating currents and spins and things that behave oddly under time reversal transformation. When you run, run backwards, the spins go the opposite way and currents go the opposite way. Whether there are molecules that have different activity depending on their time reversal state. Are you working on this? I'm working on that, yes. I'm working on that. How are you working on it? Theoretically, of course. Yes. So I'm learning I'm learning chemistry. <laughs> I'm learning chemistry. I'm learning about biology and chemistry. And I think it would be a great pity if evolution did not use this possibility because the way that this would manifest at a molecular level, I think the most the most obvious and probably most significant way is that you have molecules that have what are called electric dipole moments. So they have alignments of charge because of their shape. And then you also have, in many molecules, magnetic moments because they have circulating currents or spins that, again, have some orientation. If you act with time reversal, the direction of the electric dipole moment stays the same because charge doesn't reverse, but the currents and spins do reverse, so the magnetic moment reverses. So if you have a situation or molecule in which there's a consistent alignment between the electric and magnetic moments, then that violates time reversal symmetry because the time reversed version is not the same as the original version. How would we tell? Would the animal walk backwards or would the plant just shrink or what? The simplest thing would be to apply, uh, the simplest conceptual thing would be to apply an electric field 
and see if there's an electric response consistently in the same direction. Why would this be useful? Well, it could be very useful in telling which way a magnetic field is pointing, though the Earth's magnet, if you want to use the Earth's magnetic field for orientation. And it also it was pointed out to me might be useful in sequencing the order of perception when you perceive things things happen at a molecular level, you want to know which happened first. <laughs> and so you need you need something that's telling you which way time is, is flowing. And of course, there are many things that tell you if time is flowing coming from gradients of entropy flow and gradients of energy. But if you want things that are fast and reliable, you may want to have these molecular mechanisms. But I think the most profound thing actually is something that's widely exploited in modern computers, which is that whereas the world of electrical charge is easy to manipulate just because the interactions are relatively strong, that makes them easy to manipulate, but it also means that they're harder to store, they're more noisy, whereas the spin degrees of freedom are harder to manipulate, but just because of that, they are more stable. So having a place or having a mechanism where you can transfer information from charge world to spin world would be a great way to store information for a while, and then you can come back to it. Quantum <laughs> computers again? Well, this is not quantum. Well, everything is quantum, so in sense, <laughs> but ordinary computers do this, of course. We have magnetic memory, so you, you move the electrons around electrically, to do your computation, but then when you want to store the result, you transfer over to a direction of magnetization. So that's what people do. <laughs> but I think that kind of trick could be very, very useful in biology. I'm, I'm trying to pin it down, whether, you know, mm -hmm. to get candidate yeah. situations and things, yeah. right? Be interesting when you discover that it's true. See? Well, no, neither did I. But I'll ask a genius to come onto the science show next week to explain, and to ask about Frank Wilczek's other baby, the time crystal.